Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Adrian Abraham with Lin Li Fu. Now, collecting items is one of the world's oldest hobbies from famous paintings to rocks. There's a market for just about anything. Lin, growing up, what was your favorite thing to collect? Teddy bears. Teddy bears. <laughs> yes, and um, I think superhero figurines. I oh, love figurines. You yeah. know, I used to collect, you know, those G.I. Joe action figures growing Ooh. up. My mom thought it was an absolute waste of time. <laughs> but I love that along with uh, football playing cards as well. Uh. And during the pandemic, those cards, they skyrocketed in value because people had nothing else to do. That's right. A collectible is an item worth far more than it was originally sold for because of its rarity and popularity, as well as, of course, its condition. The, advantage, the advantages, I'm sorry, of investing in collectibles are that it's a fun hobby with appreciation potential. Items can be passed down to future generations and it can provide some diversification benefits. Well, today we're going to zoom in on collecting classic cars, an expensive hobby, particularly here in Singapore. But there's a gentleman who knows the market better than anyone out there. Joining us in the studio is Kumar Balasingham, founder and president of the Classic Car Club Singapore. He's been collecting classic cars for over 30 years. Good morning, Kumar. How are you? Hi, good morning. Thank you very much for having me on board. First things first, what did you drive in today? I drove my Aston Martin in today. Oh, tell us more about that. Well, it's it's a classic and it is a wedge-shaped car. It's from 1980s. And I think it's grown up in value over the years by more than 200%. Wow. Now, tell us about your hobby of collecting classic cars. How did it all begin and what fueled this passion, so to speak? I'm quite intrigued by the first car that got this all started. Okay. Um, I, started, I started by looking at magazines. And uh, when I was young in my uh, 9, 10, 12 year old sort of uh, age group, I was looking at car magazines. Mm-hmm. And you would see all these fancy cars. And I fell in love with the shapes and the designs and the engines and stuff like that. My dad had a 1965 Saab. Oh. And um, we were forced to do hands on work with it because the agent had closed down. So dad would roll up his sleeves on a Sunday and do changes to the water pump or the clutch. And, and we as young boys, very intrigued, would go in and help him. So I, I kind of create, that created a love for me with these cars. And uh, so as I grew up, I started to buy Alfa Romeos and, and, and oh. fix them and, you know, do stuff with them. And, and then to, to sort of um, subsidize my very, very low salary as an article clerk in Ernst Young. Um, I would do repairs on neighbors' cars and friends' cars and, and collect a little bit of uh, money. They would give me $10 or $20 or $30, and I kind of put that together and finally bought my first classic in, uh, gosh, 1979. Wow, next time I need someone to fix my car, I know who to go to. Exactly. <laughs> Fascinating hobby, but what constitutes a collectible classic car? And... Do you have any favorites from this collection? Whoa. Um, favorites is kind of hard because I've got a collection that has two-door uh, coupes, uh, cabriolets, four-door saloons, um, and uh, faster cars, slower cars, you know. So I, I kind of collect, uh, I have a mixed collection, uh, French, German, 
uh, Italian especially. Um, so it's it's kind of difficult to choose a favorite, favorite for the day, favorite for the comfort, of course. And if you're taking the wife out, you've got to have air conditioning, right? That's a that's a given. You know, if you don't have that, don't take the car. <laughs> so maybe not favorites, but what do you actually look out for when you acquire these classic cars? You know, what what's your number one consideration? That it doesn't run. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah, because, you know, um, Singapore is, the, the government has been very kind, um, the LTA. They allow us collectors who have the passion to collect cars to actually bring them in at uh, preferential rates. I mean, we are on the classic car scheme. We can drive our cars up to 45 days a year, paying $620 worth of road tax for that whole period. I mean, you get 28 days and then you can buy another 17. Um, so the we only pay 10% of the COE, mm-hmm. the current COE, the prevailing COE. And I think that's great because many of us do not drive our cars for more than 28 days a year. We just love them um, and uh, just collect. Mm. Okay, talking about that, what's the process of uh, collecting classic cars, both here and perhaps internationally? Oh, uh, it's a completely different market internationally. Um, and many of my cars are collected uh, without Singapore in mind. It's mm-hmm. because I have left-hand drive cars and that's not allowed in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I collect that's it right. for the international market. Mm-hmm. The international market, you can buy it and as long as you've got a space to keep it, which generally in America and Australia and, and the UK is very, relatively cheap compared to Singapore, uh, you, you don't have space constraints and, and uh, space is very low. You can collect anything you want. And there's no COE to, to, mm. to worry about. There are no tests to worry about. In the UK, anything above uh, 35 or 40 years, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't require to go for the MOT, which is the equivalent of our VICOM test in Singapore. Very interesting. Now, this question has been on my mind all morning. Where do you store these cars? I have a warehouse which I pay for and store them. Uh, and then we won't add any more to that. <laughs> They want to know how many cars you have because uh, oh, that's an uh, off record. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe let's go into the business of uh, collecting these cars. What kind of ROI could one get from a classic car? Okay, um, depending on the car, uh, Mercedes-Benzes are very, um, uh, what shall I say, collectible and they have very good returns because you have a lot of people who are able to supply spare parts for these cars. Um, and that's starting to be seen from all the Volks- like Volkswagens and the, the manufacturers that, that started this uh, process of making these cars have now come into the market and started making parts for these collectibles, these classic cars. Oh. So that, that has given a bit of a boost to the classic car market because now you don't have to worry too much about spare parts because the availability of spare parts is something that ev- every collector worries about. Secondly, he worries about the mechanic who can actually fix it. Um, in Singapore, you have good guys who can actually do this, but they normally have a kind of a waiting list because it's, it's, uh, they are specialists in the field. So um, collecting cars in Singapore is easy to a certain extent. You pay the duties if you import it or you just have good mechanics and you just pass your Vicom test every uh, two years. I would imagine all these spare parts would be customized too, wouldn't they? Actually, with Mercedes-Benz, uh, Volkswagen, they're not customized anymore. They're factories actually churning them out and, and making them. And they work for classic cars as well? Uh, and they, are for class- they specialize for classic cars. Oh, that's for classic interesting. Cars, that's yeah. interesting. Fascinating. <laughs> you know, let's talk about how the profile has shifted maybe post-pandemic. Right? Who is buying and investing in classic cars now? Actually, you have a 
nowadays you have a lot of young younger generation, 20s, 30s, who are looking at the Japanese um, cars, you know. Mm. They call them JDMs, but that that's a wrong terminology. It's, JDM is actually Japanese domestic market cars that you bought from Japan um, as a used car and brought it out to Singapore or Malaysia or anywhere else. Actually, our cars mostly are JEMs, Japanese export market cars mm. that were actually exported to countries in the region uh, by the manufacturer way back then. So the younger generation seems to have shifted to the, um, from the Minis and the Volkswagens to the Japanese cars, and those have soared in value. Absolutely crazy. I mean, um, you see a Toyota Corolla uh, four-door saloon that nobody wanted way back then going up in price to about forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 right? Um, and, and a portion of that, of course, is the COE value. Mm. But then the body value, as we all talk about it in cars, is kind of like $30,000, $40,000. And you wouldn't pay $1,500 for a car like that, you know, 20 years ago, right? So... There you go. Yep. So, Kumar, what does the future hold for classic cars? Would they eventually be, I don't know, recognised as uh, works of art or, or, or rather categorised as works of art? And if, if so, how can you spot potential now in what might be a future collectible? Well, I, I think they have already been... Um, classified as works of art, mm-hmm. especially um, cars designed by Pininfarina, Bertone, Vignale. Yeah, right. um, they, they've already been, they've already fallen into that category like the Lamborghini Mura. It's like, wow, if I've got a Lamborghini Mura, I'm going to put it in my living room. And that's not unheard oh. of in the US. Even in Singapore, there are a couple of collectors who've got cars in their living room. Um, and that's kind of like a testament to the fact that the designers have already built something that's really something that they, they look at and feel proud to put in the living room because they appreciate the designs, right? And as far as the classic car market and where it's going, I think it's booming all over the world because they're in short supply. And then you have people who can restore these cars to their original glory. And that's kind of given people the, the passion or the, the interest um, uh, before the passion to actually collect something because they've, you know, people who, 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 there are people who only collect because, hey, it's a good investment. Look at this. But that's the thing. Like, if I were in, interested in buying one, how do you spot the potential? What would you be looking out for? Um, you'd look out for a car that had a possibility of spare parts. Okay. Right. That's then you would see in the market whether it was a popular model in its day mm-hmm. uh, and the number, the limited number that was actually built. Uh. So if they were only, um, like I've got a Fiat 130 Coupe, which was uh, built total worldwide, 4,900. And today they're probably less than 1,000 worldwide left mm. running. Right. And, and that has contributed to the car going from 500 pounds and 1,500 pounds to 25,000 pounds today. Uh, and and very very good examples are clearing thirty five to fifty thousand pounds. Okay, given the landscape of EVs, what cars should we aim for in the future? W- would there be competition, or would people still you know appreciate classic cars even more? Well, I think that people will appreciate classic cars more. I th- I personally think myself and a couple of my members of the club do think that the EV cycle is kind of a limited sort of thing. It's now spiraling like crazy. Everybody wants to get on the bandwagon of EVs, right? But the problem you have is you, you are, you're surrounded by countries like Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia that are petroleum pro- producing countries. What are they going to do with their sales of pet- uh, oil if they can't turn them in petrol? And then, of course, there's an infrastructure requirement where you have to plug in your classic car to charge it. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, they talk about um, batteries, that can, uh, fast chargers, etc. Try a fast charger on your phone. 
it kills the battery, mm. right? And the batteries for these cars have gone up, are, are very, very expensive. Of yep. course, they're going to come down in price. But an EV basically is your computer or your handphone. So it's, it's going to have a shelf life of X. Um, whereas the classic cars were designed by designers. There was a whole lot of stuff thought about these American cars. Look at them. You know, the ta- the, the, your fuel tank sometimes is hidden behind your tail lamp. And they had electric seats, power windows in 1950s. And so, nothing beats that hum of a classic car engine. Oh, yeah, the V8 yeah. bubble, you know, it's like superb, right? I mean, you know, so uh, I think, I think honestly, um, EVs are there. Yes, there is a requirement in a small country like Singapore. Yes, it makes sense to have uh, cl- uh, electric cars in the city, uh, pollution, etc. Our classic cars, like I said, the government and the NEA have been very kind. They've said, okay, guys, you know, we know that your cars uh, produce emissions that are not something that we would like. However, we limit you to 45 days of use a year and that kind of helps us and helps them so it's nice that they recognize this but collecting cars is a worldwide thing and all the rich people go into art go into wine and go into cars absolutely kumar we briefly touched on this while walking into the studio this morning can we potentially have a car museum in singapore i know you'd love it i'd I'd love love it it. i'd love it and i would contribute to it and i saw my many of my members you know we could have a museum that kind of parks for six months you know 40 50 100 cars you know depending on the space right but then if you have that museum together with art together with watches um together with wine and then you have a wine bar next to it i mean i think that's the best thing that can happen in Singapore because Singapore is like the hot spot in in the region isn't it well we will have to wait till that day comes thank you very much Kumar it's been a real pleasure talking to you about classic cars we've been speaking to Kumar Balasingam founder and president of the classic car club Singapore he's been collecting classic cars for over 30 years to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.